Today's episode of Locked On Longhorns is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online, where the game starts. On today's episode of Locked On Longhorns, ESPN's Football Power Index predicts Texas will be the best team in the Big 12 next year. Also, my thoughts on Hudson Card and Quinn Ewer's press conference today, and some transfer notes on Oshawn Mathis and Amarius Mims. Our Locked On Longhorns, your daily podcast on the Texas Longhorns. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Locked on Longhorns, the show, Jonathan Davis, your host. Before we get into ESPN's Football Power Index, I just want to revisit Moral Ojomo's comments one last time. On my last episode of Locked on Longhorns, I reacted to Sark pushing back on Moral Ojomo's comments, and I said that I appreciated and respected his comments about the culture and about players maybe having more you know, emphasis on their individual goals than the team goals, and I had no problem with those comments being made. My only problem was that he mentioned individual players on the Texas football team and the rift that that could cause in the locker room. There was some pushback from fans saying that he did not mention any specific players. And I know that all of the quotes from his 25 minute interview had not been largely published. Well, today, 24 seven sports horns, 24 seven reported the same comments I reported on locked on Longhorns, saying that Kristen Jones. Moral Ojomo said that Christian Jones needed to step up. Jalen Garth and Andre Karras needed to grow up. And they also reported that those comments caused a rift between Moral Ojomo and those specific players on the football team. But also other players in the locker room felt that Moral Ojomo was wrong and how he went about making those comments as well. So journalistic integrity is very important to me. I would never come on here and say something I have not done my full due diligence on. And I would never put words in a player's mouth, uh, once again, without doing my research. So it looks like the team has been able uh, to address that internally and they're moving forward from it. And I think the comments did do some good. Um, you know, although it caused a rift, I think that players understand what Moro Ojomo was trying to say and that his heart is in the right place. And it looks like they were able to move forward from it. And hopefully that translates to more success on the field this season. As far as success on the field this season, ESPN's Football Power Index predicts that the University of Texas will be the best team in the Big 12 next year. Now, the Football Power Index is a formula created by ESPN that takes into account offensive value of a football team, defensive value, special teams value, and strength of schedule, and predicts where a team will rank in the country next season. So at number one, they have Alabama with the football power index of 28.9, ranked number one in the country. They have them projected with 11.3 wins and 1.5 losses. So somewhere in between 11 and 12 wins from Alabama. The top three rounds out at Alabama, Ohio State, and the University of Georgia. For the first team in the Big 12, it is your Texas Longhorns at number six. They have a football power index of 17.4 ranked number six in the country with 9.4 wins and 3.2 losses. The next team in the Big 12 is at number eight, so only two spots lower. The Oklahoma Sooners, 9.1 wins and 3.4 losses. So they both have Texas and Oklahoma uh, basically projected at nine uh, wins and three losses. The next team on the list in the Big 12 is Oklahoma State down at 13th, and they have them at 8.5 wins and 3.8 losses, so closer to an eight and four football team. And then Baylor down at 19 with 7.9 wins and 4.3 losses. So eight and four as well. So they have Texas at six, Oklahoma at eight at about nine and three. And then Oklahoma State at 13 and Baylor 
at 19. And I've came on the podcast, I dropped an ap- uh, episode on Saturday in which I said that it would be Big 12 championship game or bust for this Texas Longhorns football team. Not winning the Big 12, but they need to at least be competing for an appearance. I think they need to be in the Big 12 championship game next year. And a lot of fans have pushed back. You know, they kind of say you're drinking the Kool-Aid or you're not being realistic. This is a team that had culture issues. This is a team that was five and seven last year. Well, from everything we're hearing, the the players are bought in a, a lot more than they were last year. Players are understanding what Sark wants to do on offense, what Pete Kukowski wants to do on defense. And there's just a different energy, right? The position coaches, uh, the players, the, the transfers that they brought in, there's a different energy around this football team. And it looks like, you know, they're ready to compete this year in ways that they weren't last year. And when you look at it last year, if you take the top three teams in the Big 12, as far as Oklahoma, Oklahoma State and Baylor, based off of last year's standings, Texas had a lead on each one of those three teams going into the fourth quarter. Now, I know we didn't win the game, but they had a lead going into the fourth quarter against all three of those teams. And their only uh, downfall was their inability uh, to finish those games, ultimately having seven losses. But I don't think we should look at this and say, okay, they were five and seven last year. It's going to take some time uh, for them to, you know, improve on the culture or improve on a five and seven season to the point to where they're competing for a big 12 championship. I think that should be the expectation. And I think that should be the standard. When you look at this Texas football team, I think by far, maybe not by far, but I think they're the most talented team in the big 12. I think Oklahoma really is the only other team that you can put up there and say they're the most talented team in the big 12. I would give Texas the edge over them. Um, I think we're going to have improved quarterback play, regardless of who's that quarterback. I've made it known. I think it'll be Quinn Ewers, but even Hudson card, I think he would be better than he was last year. I think we're going to have improved running back play. Of course, you got B. John Robinson um, coming back as the best running back in the country. But I think Roshan Johnson, Keelan Robinson, and some other running backs will get a lot more touches this year. Improved tight end play with Jaleel Billingsley and J.T. Standers uh, taking that next step. Um, Jaleel Billingsley coming over from Alabama and then Gunnar Helm taking that next step as well. Improved wide receiver play on the other side of Xavier Worthy with Isaiah Nair and Jordan Whittington hopefully being able to stay healthy. But also... um, Xavier Worthy is going to be better than he was last year as a true freshman. You look on the defensive side, uh, they brought in a lot of talent on the defensive line to go with the talent they've already had at the defensive uh, on the defensive line. It looks like they're going to be uh, a little bit better next year. I also think that O'Shawn Mathis um, is a player that they're really in the mix to get. And so he would bring uh, a lot of beef and a lot of talent to that defensive line. And I think the additions of Ryan Watts and Jade Barron stepping up in the way he has, that defensive backfield is going to be a lot better. Plus you have one of the most talented linebackers in the country, especially in the big 12 and DeMarvion Overshawn. And so I don't think it's a reach at all to say that this team should be competing for a big 12 championship next year, or at least in the game. And I think anything less than that is selling this team short. When you look at a team like the Cincinnati Bengals, they were in the Super Bowl last year coming off of a three or four win season. You look at a team in the NBA like the Minnesota Timberwolves who had 23 wins last year, and now they're the seventh seed in the NBA playoffs. And so I don't think because we went five and seven last year and we weren't able to put things together that we have to say this is going to be a a one to two year turnaround, especially in college football where it's so easy to acquire talent and bring things in. And also, like I said, so many players have talked about the energy around around this football team being different and just also um, the second year in Sark's system. This is a really talented football team in a year where there's no clear-cut favorite in the Big 12. You may say Oklahoma, but they lost Caleb Williams and Lincoln Riley. 
And there's a realistic chance that they could take a step back. I think they're going to be really good, but they're not daunting. That's not a team that Texas can't beat. You look at Oklahoma State, they lost their defensive coordinator and two or three of their best defensive players on the defense that was one of the best in the nation. I would assume they're going to take a step back next year. And then also uh, you look at Baylor, they lost some really good players on defense. And that offense still, in my opinion, is a work in progress. And so there's only four teams that you would realistically say have a chance to make it to the Big 12 championship game next year. That's Texas, Oklahoma, Oklahoma State, Baylor. Like I said last year, Texas had a lead on all three of those teams going into the fourth quarter. And none of those teams is a clear cut favorite amongst the rest. So to say that Texas shouldn't be worried about competing for a Big 12 championship game appearance, not winning it, but appearance next year is really selling this team short, in my opinion. And we talk all the time. Uh, I've heard a lot of fans say that they feel like media members that cover the team. They don't really like this Texas football team. But I'm starting to think some of the fans don't really like this Texas football team as much as they say. And I get it. Um, we've got our hopes up before and, and things haven't been um, as we would like. Things have been disappointing. And it's been a while since we've seen sustained success at the University of Texas. But I'm not really in a position as the host of this podcast to wake a, take a wait and see approach. And I think that from what, everything we've seen, everything we've heard, the talent on this football team in a year where there is no clear cut favorite in the Big 12. I think the University of Texas is primed to make a Big 12 championship appearance next season. And I think anything less than that will be disappointing. And I believe the officials at ESPN, according to their football power index, agree that the University of Texas should be in the Big 12 championship game at the end of the 2022 season. You want better gut health? Try Athletic Greens. It's lifestyle friendly, whether you eat keto, paleo, vegan, dairy-free, or gluten-free. It contains less than one gram of sugar, no GMOs, no nasty chemicals, or artificial anything, while still tasting good. Supports better sleep quality and recovery. Supports mental clarity and alertness. It's the one thing with the best things. Athletic Greens uses the best of the best products based on the latest science with constant product iterations and third party testing. Right now, it's time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition. It's just one scoop in a cup of water every day. That's it. No need for a million different pills and supplements to look out for your health. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one year supply of immune supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash college. Again, that is athleticgreens.com slash college to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. So Hudson Card and Quinn Ewers had media availability today. Um, they did a press conference. Both spoke, both spoke for about 10 minutes each. And I thought that they both looked really poised and did a really good job at the press conference, especially when both dealt with some really tough questions from the media. So we'll start with Hudson Card. Um, I thought that he did a really good job at the press conference. Once again, staying poised. They asked him a lot of questions about Quinn Ewers and the quarterback competition and also uh, about his struggles last year. And I think one thing that he maintained throughout his time and his media availability was that he wasn't focused on the outside noise. All he wanted to focus on was being a better quarterback um, and, and worry about the things that he can control. Right. Um, and he talked about how him and Quinn Ewers are really good friends. Everybody in that quarterback room, he even Malik, uh, mentioned Malik Murphy are really good friends and, and that they all push each other to, to be better. And, you know, the competition is healthy. Of course, there's a quarterback competition, 
but he wants to focus on being a better quarterback himself and once again controlling what he can control. He talked about the things that he wanted to work on coming into the season. One was his, his pocket presence, uh, making sure he's able to stand in the pocket, deliver the ball, take what the defense gives him, whether that's taking the check down or making sure he's more alert to get the ball uh, to receivers and not just kind of running out of the pocket or scrambling um, at the first sight of you know things going wrong or things breaking down on the offensive line or, or maybe the pass rush potentially uh, getting to him. You know, he also talked about working on his deep ball accuracy, something that Sark really wants to emphasize in this offense is being able to throw the deep ball. So he wanted to work on that. And then also just being more of a leader uh, for this football team. That's something you want to see from your quarterback position anyway. But he talked about there maybe, you know, being a void there and, and something that he wanted to bring to this football team. They asked him, um, you know, how he felt about, after his time at the University of Texas and being a you know really talented quarterback himself, uh, how you know Texas went after a, a quarterback with the pedigree of Quinn Ewers, and you know he talked about just not letting that um, you know get to him and not feeling um, disrespected by that and only focusing on him and what he can control and, and not being down about the fact that they went out and courted uh, a quarterback as talented and as hyped as um, Quinn Ewers. You know they asked him why he decided not to transfer. Um, when Quinn Ewers came over and he said that, you know, the University of Texas is where he wants to be. And there's going to be a quarterback competition wherever he goes, right? He's not just going to go anywhere and just be um, confirmed that he's the the starter, you know, just because he's Hudson Card. And so he said that he wanted to stay here and compete. And it's also his faith in himself, right? His faith in himself and, um, you know, his faith in God, understanding that, you know, he's a really talented quarterback himself. He said that Quinn Ewers can make all the throws, but he feels that he can make all the throws as well. And, um, you know, he said that he wanted to compete with Quinn Ewers, that it wasn't a foregone conclusion that Quinn was going to win the starting job. And at least in his mind, and he felt that he could come out, compete, get better as a quarterback and do some things in this offense uh, next year as well. And so I thought that he handled the press conference really well, um, handled it as a quarterback should. Um, definitely, you know, you could tell that he's more comfortable at the University of Texas, more comfortable uh, in the system. And I, I just thought that you know, they came at him with a lot of questions um, about Quinn Ewers, really half of his, you know, availability, half of that 10 minutes. They either are asking him about his struggles last year or about Quinn Ewers. And I thought he answered those questions really beautifully saying, you know, him and Quinn Ewers are friends. They make each other better. Um, and all he's focused on is not Quinn Ewers and what he's able to do, but being a better quarterback and how he can lead and be a better quarterback for this football team. So I thought he took some really tough questions uh, about Quinn Ewers and his struggles last year. He answered them really uh, well, and, and it was good to see from Hudson Card how he handled his media availability. As far as Quinn Ewers, he took some tough questions as well, but I thought it was very interesting um, that there was such a discrepancy in the questions about the quarterback competition aimed towards Hudson Card that there were towards Quinn Ewers. So they asked Hudson Card at least five or six questions about the quarterback competition, and Quinn Ewers even asked him about Malik Murphy and his talent. They only asked Quinn Ewers one question about the quarterback competition and I don't even think they mentioned Hudson Card specifically and so Quinn Ewers kind of echoed what Hudson Card said in that regard just talking about how they're really good friends and you know um, he's focused on just you know being a better quarterback and you know the quarterback competition is good but they're really good friends and they push each other every day uh, to be better how they have really good relationships in that quarterback room the media spent a lot of time asking him about his time at Ohio State and I thought really the shining moment from the press conference as far as Quinn Ewers media availability was the quote he mentioned that Sark mentions all the time. And so they talked about, um, you know, just him not being able to get on the field 
it at Ohio State and his time there. And he said that, you know, Sark says there's a reason that the rearview mirror is smaller than your windshield, your front windshield, because you should spend less time, right, looking uh, in the past and worrying about what's behind you and more time focused on what's in front of you. So I thought that was the shining moment from the press conference. They asked him um, it's about not being able to to get on the field at Ohio State and, and CJ. And once he saw CJ, if he felt like he wouldn't be able to play at Ohio State. And he just talked about um, I thought he answered that well, saying that, you know, him and CJ have a great relationship. CJ Stroud is a great football player uh, and he's a great person. and He's excited to see his success. He talked about, you know, just growing up watching the Longhorns and, and idolizing his football program. And ultimately, he feels like right now um, he's in the best place that he can be. He talked about maybe committing to Ohio State was an emotional decision, but he wants to put all of that behind him and focus on being the best quarterback he can be uh, for the Texas Longhorns football team. He talked about being more comfortable um, in the offense. They asked him about Saturday scrimmage, and he said that, you know, he felt like um, it was good to get some game action out there and, and be able to make some plays. But I thought one thing that was kind of slept on in the press conference when they asked him about him being, uh, you know, the superstar of the day, the first thing he said was the receivers made some really good plays out there. And so I know a lot of people have talked about, you know, Quinn Ewers, um, some of the decisions he made out of high school, maybe being a little self-serving. So I thought it was very, you know, key and what you want to hear from a leader that when they mentioned how well he played, the first thing he said was the receivers made some really good plays out there. They asked him when was the last time he took a real hit. He said in high school, uh, which is, you can see, you know, quarterbacks really don't get touched in practice. And, and so he hasn't really had any game experience, hasn't had any game experience since his junior year of high school. So you can see that he hasn't taken a hit um, since high school. And it'll be interesting to see when he does take a hit, how he's able to respond from that. They asked him about his sports hernia surgery in high school. Um, and he said he was able to, you know, recover from that. And, and obviously they made a run in high school and it taught him a lot about his body and, and how to take care of himself. And now he's more conscious about what he does with his body um, in an effort to, to be able to stay healthy. And so once again, I just thought it was some really good things from Hudson Card and Quinn Ewers in their media availability today. I thought that they both shined um, and I thought they answered some tough questions. They asked Quinn Ewers about NIL. He said that was personal. Um, you know, he didn't get into that. A lot of people have made. um a lot about, you know, how much it took for Quinn Ewers to come back to the University of Texas. And he just shut all of that down and, and said that's personal. Uh, and then he tried to walk off, but then they asked him about his mullet. And he said it's just hair at the end of the day. But um, I thought that Hudson Card answered the questions about Quinn Ewers and Malik Murphy in a really positive way. Um, it showed poise at the press conference. And I thought Quinn Ewers answered the questions about his time at Ohio State coming back to the University of Texas. Um, in a really positive way as well. Didn't feed too much into it. You know, talked about his time at Ohio State, said he enjoyed it, said he learned a lot, um, said he had fun, but also he's focused on being at the University of Texas and, and putting the past behind him and, and focusing on what's in front of him. Once again, focusing more on that front windshield and not what's in the rear view mirror. BetOnline.net is your number one source for all your betting stats and sports info. Find all of the latest sports developments, league reviews, and news, including this year's basketball playoffs and the start of the Major League Baseball season. BetOnline is your continued source for all your sport wagering information from live betting to playoffs, esports, and more. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends in action. BetOnline, where the game starts. All right, so some quick transfer notes on Amarius Mims and O'Shawn Mathis. Amarius Mims, the five-star 
a former five-star offensive tackle from Georgia, has entered the transfer portal. I know that Texas has shown interest and have reached out to him to try to get him onto campus for an official visit. We know that even though they brought in seven offensive linemen in this class, um, you know, six of them are going to be true freshmen, and we just don't know how much they'll be able to contribute immediately, um, how they're going to adjust to being in college uh, uh, for the first time. And Amarius Mims is a really talented, you know, highly touted prospect out of the university. I mean, excuse me, out of high school who has, uh, you know, some game experience at the University of Georgia. And so um, a program that just won uh, the national championship. And so I know that Texas is really interested right now. It seems as though Florida State and Miami uh, would be in the lead for his services. But it's good to see Texas reaching out to him. I'm um, trying to make a push for him. I think somebody that can come in compete for one of those tackle spots right away and possibly even start. And, and so, you know, some people have talked about the class that we're bringing in and how we have a lot of talent on the offensive line. And I think especially in this day and age uh, with the transfer portal and it's just, you can never have enough talent. I think we never have enough talent period, but as we've seen with the transfer portal, you never know what your roster is going to look like from year to year. And when you can get a player of a Marius Mims stature um, and a Marius Mims talent level, especially at a unit right now in this Texas football team, that still looks like even with the additions of the true freshmen um, will not be a strength for this football team next year. It's going to take some time for them to be able to, to, you know, build a cohesive unit, especially with so many freshmen coming over the summer and ultimately uh, for them to be able to dominate in the trenches. So I like them going after Amarius Mims. I'm not high on the fact that they'll be able to get him in the burnt orange. You know, I think hopefully he'll be able to take a visit, but I still think Florida state or Miami would be in the lead for his services. He's a Southeastern kid. He's from Georgia. And I kind of get the feeling that he wants to stay in that area, but it's good to see um, this Texas Longhorns football team not being complacent and going after a player like Amarius Mims, understanding that they have a need on the offensive line, even though they brought in seven talented offensive linemen and doing everything they can to make sure that they bolster that offensive line going into the 2022 season. But like I said, I think Florida State or Miami are likely going to be his two top suitors. And that's tough uh, because he's a really good football player. And I definitely think he would come in and compete for a starting spot right away on this Texas football team. One player I do think will end up in the burnt orange and white is O'Shawn Mathis. I think it's going to come down to Texas and Nebraska. I think Nebraska has made a really strong push for him um, NIL wise, but just also, you know, what he can do for them on the field. And, and I think that they've recruited him really tough. And I think it's going to be a tough decision uh, between Texas and Nebraska for him. I think that I would be shocked if he doesn't end up in the burnt orange and white, not just because of his relationship with Gary Patterson, his former coach at TCU, but also I think he he can stay close to home. Uh, I know his mother is a big part of the recruitment process. It'll be a lot easier for her to watch him play at the University of Texas in Austin uh, rather, than, rather than in Nebraska. And, and I think he knows that he can come in right away and be a starter and an impact player on this defensive line, uh, a position right now, especially on the edge, that we have some good players, uh, some players that can make an impact, but I don't think we have a standout player. And I think that O'Shawn Mathis looks at himself as a standout player and would be one of the best players on the defensive line right away. And so I think that Texas has the best chance to get him right now, I would say, in my opinion, you know, at least a 90% chance I would be shocked if he doesn't end up in the burnt orange and white. But I also think that Texas needs to do everything in their power to make sure they close the deal and go get O'Shawn Mathis. I think if he ends up at Nebraska, it's not because he wanted to go to Nebraska. I think it's because Texas let him go to Nebraska. And so they need to go out there, close the deal and make sure they get O'Shawn Mathis. They should be the favorites for him. I think they are the favorites for him. 
but they don't need to treat it as such. They need to do everything in their power to get O'Shawn Mathis on campus because, once again, if he ends up at Nebraska, it's because Nebraska took him from the University of Texas and not because he wanted to end up at the University of Nebraska. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of Locked On Longhorns, your daily number one source for all things Texas athletics, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Until next time, peace.